this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Sparky, and this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Been reading the Beastie Boys book and also listening to the audiobook, which I highly recommend because they have all these different people, um, including the the surviving members of BC Boys read the chapters, but all kinds of characters. Like I keep thinking Tim Meadows, I think is my favorite voice. <laughs> anyway, one chapter I read recently, it was talking about like their fashion and like streetwear, and they're really into workwear and so, so like Carhartt and all the, like, you know, like roots of what like streetwear would become um with flannels and dickies and just work pants and classic sneakers but they were more like 70s stuff so like vintage adidas before people like really gave a shit about that stuff and i remember that like that's in the 90s at certain points and people just being like like turning their nose but now every mofo has that stuff and it just cracks me up but i love it and then talking about the xl store and all this stuff and just i love the influence and i realize how much that influenced me and today's uh title for the podcast and this new actually brand new poem i've been working on it's called Ode to My Adidas Sneakers because I, I had this campus, these old campus Adidas uh, that I got six, almost seven years ago. And I, I just wore the shit out of them. They're by far my one of my favorite pairs of shoes I've ever had. And I believe it. Like, I'm a sneakerhead in the sense that, or not in the sense that I love to wear my shoes um, and sometimes wear them till they fall apart and not really give a shit about them being worn and like creases and all that stuff that that stuff drives me absolutely nuts it's laughable like you should enjoy your stuff and actually sometimes the shoes would be better if they're broken in like they're more comfortable (laughs) anyway just cracks me up but this poem is about those shoes because they took me a lot of places and uh it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop i love it 1973 probably even further i had seen this thing with chuck d talking about like it started in the 60s and i get it like the sound of it this the stuff that would later be sampled and looped or played live totally here it makes freaking sense i just needed somebody to confirm those things I love it, and um, did a little freestyle for that, but trying to read as much stuff as I can and be, I don't know, a scholar of that stuff. I just feel this need to do that and do it my own way. I'm very inspired. Um, nonetheless, uh, what was the other? I digress. Oh, this funny line. So just being like language arts in the real world, thinking about some lyrics and some lines really quick before I get into the poem and then some reflections and connections about it. I was listening to Dr. Dre um, because the chronic uh, is on out on 
like digital platforms again and i didn't realize it was gone but it's back again so that caught my attention and it's like oh i want to listen to dr dre radio or something just his stuff and it started playing some pretty good stuff and nothing but a g thing but then it played neck the next episode because really i wanted to listen to the chronic 2001 that album really game changer seventh grade chronic 2001 comes out and i just the what did it for me is when my dad heard it he heard it play and his reaction of just like even he was like blown out of his fucking shorts <laughs> he was like what is this i'm like dad this is dr dre this is the chronic and he was like excuse me and all my friends and people are in there and we just like laugh so hard and he was like damn like what are you guys listening to which yeah it was a little over our head at that point but uh, you just gotta appreciate it sonically which i did at first and then eventually like understood all the stories and things more and more as you listen and got older and understood real life <clears throat> and other people's lives that are different than yours beautiful stuff but he had this line in there about wearing jeans in the country club and it <laughs> i love that line because like that's against the rules like these places are so racist and so like uh just run by old-fashioned rules and isms and things it's just bullshit bullshit those places are so bad and i say that from personal experience it made me think of this little story uh that happened to me when i was a photo booth operator and i had to go to this country club in milwaukee down by reed college i'm not gonna say their name but they tr they treated me bad they did me dirty so i rolled up for a wedding and it like usually if it was like a certain kind of wedding and we had to wear a suit like no problem like i could do that or whatever like all black t-shirt and jeans or whatever there was no heads up about that they're that cocky and arrogant they just expect oh it's a country club you should fucking know the rules no and so i show up and they're like you can't even you can't come in they're like who are you and i was like excuse me like i'm a vendor like i'm the photo booth and mind you this is what i was wearing nice jeans that was the problem number one problem no she said no denim no denim this freaking like middle-aged karen and uh but i had a really nice shirt on i want to say like j crew or something nice with a tie a bow tie like an actual bow tie that was tied like a nice one not a clip on um and boots i was wearing like clark's boots like nice like a dress chill boot like not freaking that fancy like business casual for sure overdressed to be a teacher for sure like that's really doing it big if you dress like that and uh absolutely not you're not coming in here and like had to call my boss and they're like okay well you have to use some of the borrowed clothes or some shit and i was like what's that and she comes back these are your options it was just two giant pairs literally like size 42 waist 44 waist and i'm like a 30 32 max 
and like 10 sizes too big like imagine that balloon so i have this nice shirt and i'm wearing these terrible pants i have to roll them up cuff them up i look like a freak I, i'd fit in now i look like something out of a kanye west fashion show and i'm just embarrassed the whole night these people are it's like a black tie event i would have fit in somewhat with my jeans like honestly and there was a couple other jokers wearing like borderline like they should have been thrown out too but they're with the wedding party so I paid lots of money so that's my story sorry to regress <laughs> i've never told that story to very like out loud to anybody um besides like my wife and a few people so there we are thank you for the memories but let's get into it and i, I just love it yeah like that's why i can connect with dr dre going against the grain and finding like given institutionalized racism of like a foot in the ass you know like i love that like and there's another i can't think of the other words right now but yeah it just pisses me off that they do shit like that <clears throat> and get away with it that happens with golf all kinds of stuff but i regress i regress let's get into this poem about ode to my adidas sneakers i love you you were the perfect balance of comfort function and style until you weren't blown out toes i got my money's worth black on black suede black laces murdered out low pro logo all pro stripes with the cream soles you took me so many places and helped me walk into my future reflect on my past and enjoy the present with happy feet and a hungry heart what could I see? What could I be? Did they see me standing here? You did. We walked to the Eiffel Tower and searched and searched that aging and beautiful graveyard for Jim Morrison's grave. I stood there by him when we found it, behind the wall of gum and trinkets and handwritten notes, me weeping and the tears hitting my toes and your souls took me to Rome, your soul standing flat-footed in the Colosseum, wondering how they flooded it and what the battles were really like. Took me to the moth story slam at the old church in Holocene to tell a tailor maybe two created words to connect, lessons to learn, memories to burn, help me find my way to Jack Kerouac's grave besides the notes and bottles of booze, souls worn out by the road. We stood outside Biggie Small's childhood home in Brooklyn. Your laces not as tight as the mural of the the divine one the soul outside that building brings me to tears joy and pain a legacy never forgotten 
Help me walk across the stage of my grad school ceremony, stepping into an opportunity, the first of many, the first in my family. Kept me stable as I became a dad for the first time, holding this fierce and happy little girl in my arms, born ready, rocking and swaying to the city lights out the 10th floor window of Randall's Children's Hospital on a hot July evening. Skateboard trips down Rodney to the food carts, spots to write home about. The Blazer game after Kobe died. Purple Lakers jersey and a Blazers hat. Soccer goals in Rio Major. Beers and focaccia bread on the beach. Swim shorts and shoes with no socks. Zines for the kids. Zines for free. Zines for all. Black Keys concert with an upgrade we didn't expect. Lower section rocking my Adidas and a giant smile. Student teaching and spitting bars at the talent show. Had the kids snapping and clapping. My life would be different if I didn't have these three stripes in it. These campus sneakers helped me make it happen. So many moments. The growth ran quicker, and my soul has never been thicker. Thank you. <clears throat> so, just right away, like, yeah. Wore those shoes all over the world, literally. It's weird to get rid of them. I wish I could keep wearing them. They're just my favorite shoes. Maybe I'm kind of lucky at the same time. But they blew through. There's not much sole left. Pretty worn out. It's like an old truck tire on the bottom of that thing. Kind of flat in some areas. Probably full of weird germs. <laughs> like sometimes I think I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't wear these in the house. They've literally been all over the world. That's strange to think about. Very grateful and fortunate for that opportunity. Yeah, we went to France and we went to London and specifically Paris and France and went to Italy, Chiquitere and Rio Major. Oh man, I did want to leave that place. Interesting. It was during, um, they had the soccer goal right in the middle of town. Just like kids were playing. It was kind of like a playground there too. But they just had it out there so people could play. And started goofing around because it was the World Cup. And I was feeling kind of feisty. And started kicking goals and shit. It was fun. It was fun. Adidas. I just felt like going to Europe at that time, uh, Adidas was just, I just felt like that was the right choice. Like I had gone with, truth be told, um, some Converse 
high tops, like white on white, but like first hours in Paris, first day in Paris, ruined. The streets are so dirty. It was dirtier than Portland. Made Portland look like nothing, just like a pretend version of a real dirty city. Man, that was just old, number one, but some of it, but man. The gram on the shoe, I literally threw him away. I didn't take him home, even. I didn't even take him back to our flat. No thanks. I ended up wearing the Adidas the whole time after that. Such a mess. I couldn't believe like how epically grimy they were in a matter of hours. Like I had worn them for months. Um, going to see Jim Morrison. It was something I kind of. It was like a pil- pilgrimage. I feel like uh, that I had to do. I wanted to do uh, number one because I'm a fan, but it was because of my grandma. So my grandma was born 1942. So she would have been like just a young lady around this time of the doors in the late 60s. And oh, she was feeling Jim Morrison. That was her love. She had a picture of his grave um, by her dresser. And I did for a long time. And I always was like, who is that? Who is that? I never really got it, but then I remember when I got it, when I was like 20, 21, I had finally like kind of asked more. I got curious because I knew who the doors were, but like they didn't really play them that much back in the day on like AGON and shit like that. You like people, you had to know people that were into them to hear them at somebody's house on their CD player in the early 2000s. Or late 90s tapes and shit, which I had. I had a tape of the doors. It was my grandma's tape from the 80s. She had records up until then. But yeah, she was in love with him. I was just so heartbroken when he died. And it was just a rough time. Think of the 60s. I'm being a young person and like feeling like you're winning and all this like great art and music and stuff happening and then people are dying and drugs and the truth of Vietnam and Kennedy shot all the Kennedys are freaking shot and Malcolm X and MLK and all these other leaders Black Panthers and it's just a lot. And I remember, like I say, Black Panthers, I'm, I'm reading the Black Panthers story of like the chapter in Portland. It's an amazing book. And I, I remember, I knew there was, I knew they were there. And that's a big thing is there's not a lot of text about them. But I knew there were some because my grandma had told me, oh yeah. And like my mom had said, like grandma saw the Black Panthers in the 60s or something. And because I had done a report, I had come home and like, oh, the Black Panthers, this and that, and Malcolm X, like, I don't know, like, when they taught us all the, like, back history stuff, I just, like, really cling to Malcolm X and the Black Panther stuff, like, hard, and MLK, too, but, like, I don't know, it's just something different, like, it was just, like, gravitating. Anyway, but my poor Graham and like 
I just feel like I had to go see him for her or something. And she was just so touched. I wrote this thing uh, and sent her like pictures and she was just like so grateful. It kind of made my like life in a bit, you know, like relationship wise with my gram. Like that was a peak for sure. Um, Same for Jack Kerouac, but that was more of personal. Um, Cause it just, it was weird. Like how I got into him uh, by accident, just like from a class in college, I probably would have never in a million years just saw that went out there and got that on my own. I didn't know anybody like my grandma and maybe my uncle Bob, somebody else had read on the road and knew about that shit, but like nobody else that I was around young person or old person and taking creative nonfiction with uh, this freaking Joker at Portland State McGregor uh, changed my life Uh, I felt like I could write a book like another moment of that wasn't the first time but it's like whoa and it was the first one of the first times I felt confident of saying something in class because nobody was and I was like what why isn't anybody saying anything usually everybody's freaking blabbing making me look like an idiot and nobody said anything I was like oh it just feels like he's moving it feels like it's to a beat or music or something and he's like Casey how did you look at the spark notes and I was like what like this dude always was on my ass I was like, no, I just, I, I feel this movement, like language. And he's like stream of consciousness. He's like, this is, yeah, like it's, that's his style. And then like, we had like went into that, but nobody else fucking was saying anything about that except for like this one really out there guy, but didn't sometimes like he was so smart. It didn't make any sense. What are you saying? Cause he was just so out there and using such big vocabulary. Anyway, I digress again with this poem stuff, but Jack Kerouac just felt this like, I'm sorry soul, but like I felt this connection. I still feel this connection with him and my wife's family is, um, grew up on the East coast in Massachusetts and in Maine close to there. Like their cottage is like an hour from Lowell, Massachusetts where he freaking grew up and like where the fighter that whole story uh mickey and all that shit like that's where he was from too and we like drove by there it was a trip it was a trip going to lowell massachusetts yeah like that's a whole different podcast story look it up lowell massachusetts uh jack kerouac's hometown interesting place what else? Oh, other music. So yeah, like the Doors inspired this poem, and my Adidas Ode, and CCR, and thinking about the band when I paint my masterpiece, thinking about like just the European vibe, and just all these other things. Like becoming a dad is huge. Wearing those shoes, freaking at the. I just remembered wearing like the same outfit for like three days, and just like having those shoes on constantly being ready to get up and go. <laughs> oh, he, you know, if you were a dad or a mom, uh, yeah, the blazer game after Kobe died. Oh my God, that was crazy. But I felt like 
I had to represent because he started with Adidas and like I wasn't going to that game wearing a Blazers jersey like hell no. And truthfully, I wanted the Lakers to win and whatnot. And people would be so mad, but like that was for my grandpa. And grandpa was a huge Lakers fan. And like I ended up watching a lot of Laker, Laker games and liking them because of him. Because um, he was a throwback. He loved them since they were in Minneapolis because he grew up in North Dakota. But a lot of people don't know much shit about that. Uh, zines, yeah, making my zines that started when I was wearing these. The Black Keys concert was insane. We we had okay seats, like we were just happy to be there because we knew it was gonna be loud. It's rock and roll, but then we got massively upgraded to like 100 level. It was crazy, and we were like to the side. It was something else, something else. Student teaching at the talent show. Who man. I was so nervous and I like edited my poem so it'd be and relearned it so it'd be more clean. Um, because when I first wrote it and really when I first did poetry, I was trying to be kind of dirty. I was trying to push people's buttons and because I felt like, why are people cussing more? And like, everybody's so soft with writing poetry and the stuff I had seen in classes or little open mics and things around Portland State campus and around Portland and Southeast and different places. And I just thought that was so funny. Um, so I felt like I had to do that. And, and then I realized, ah, maybe that's like, I got to grow and mature a little bit, have both. Like it's fun to put them in there, but like don't rely on it and be authentic with it. Give it flavor, maybe say a different thing. And it pushed me to say different words. And I like that version better. So, you know, and phew, felt good to have them talk I, or have them clap and snap because, yeah, I don't know, the relationship with students is really tough. Like, you don't get a lot back. And depending on you where you are, like, none at all, placement-wise. And, um, yeah, and you put yourself out there and be vulnerable. Like, sometimes that's what it takes. And, like, I've done that in many places. And, like, that was the best response I ever got. Because they're a little bit more artsy and more, like, with those things. And, yeah, I just remember, like, a kid was following me after that. I just, like, wanted to talk to me about writing and poetry. Like, all of a sudden, we just, like, came to life. It was so interesting. And, like, I hope he's out there doing it still <clears throat> because of that. And thanks to those Adidas once again. I just feel the same. Like they talk about, I, I before I got rid of these, I, I was going to send them to the Adidas recycling program, the remade, uh, made to be remade shit. And I don't know. I just have this kind of allegiance to them. I, I love their vintage style. I love the new stuff they make. I love how they're connected European ties and that vibe and like american vibe too like it's just classic it really is and they talk about creators and telling different kinds of stories i just enjoy the shit out of their stuff and i think it supports me in what i do helps to be be creative and comfortable and inspired so what else can i say is there anything else in here oh 
the moth story slam. Yeah, the first time I got up, I was in, it was the second trip was in those shoes. And I was like, ah, like I felt like I had to be like loosen up. I was so tight butthole <laughs> on that first one. And like, was like, I'm going to go and I just worked so hard. And then I didn't go. And I like, it had nowhere to put the energy. I didn't like go to sleep till like fucking midnight that night. Um, and then the next time I was like, I had to approach this way differently. Chill out. Wear your favorite shoes. Who cares if they're a little beat up? Be yourself. Be authentic. And here we are. Here we are. So maybe go tell your story. Go tell a, an ode to something. Um, it's kind of fun. You can do an ode as a story, but you can also do ode in a traditional form. Or you can do it like me. I kind of experimented with it. But the poem might change. I just, like, literally, I told my wife I had to get it out of my head in the last couple days because I've been thinking about it for too long and it was kind of clogging me up. Uh, so here it is. Until next time, happy hunting. Peace.